Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Despite the uh, lighting uh, that makes me look uh, even worse than I really look, um, I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good, and I, we got to introduce the man who it doesn't matter what the lighting looks like because he's going to look good, whether it's my, my basement lighting, your yellow-tinted lighting, or his perfect lighting, as always. Mr. Andre Edwards, how are you today, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you, fellas? Buddy, I can't tell you how excited I am for today's podcast. Besides the fact that the Bengals dropped a huge load on the season, uh, mostly, obviously, a big part of that being that they lost their, their star young quarterback, but, but they still pulled a few wins off, but not enough to get me into the driver's seat of our three-man bet. I also lost the uh, two-tie, all-tie, uh, whatever, however we made that out to be. Therefore, I get to bless all of you people in the millions with my acapella version of a song that I'm going to let Andre pick later today. I can't wait. I Seriously, I – if we could just skip past the Bengals conversation and move directly to me picking songs for you to sing, that would be fantastic because it would be way more entertaining than the 16 games that I watched this year. So, so to, say, to explain exactly what we did, we, we all picked what we predicted the bank at the beginning of the season, predicted the record, and then we picked whether it was a win or loss each week. So then – Whoever got the, the closest on record won, but then the loser basically was determined by how few we got right each week, right? So that was uh, – so I uh, – Andre predicted 6-10, and 10, which was obviously the closest at 4-11 uh, and 1. Uh, Chris, you had 8-8 eight and, eight and I had 7-9. and nine. And then I think I had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I had – uh, no, eight, eight correct picks for each week, whether it was a win or loss. Andre had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then, Chris, you had six, uh, five, actually, because you picked a win. Yeah, you just had way too many wins, bro. <laughs> I did. That was what happened. I had too many wins. And Adam picked the Pittsburgh win. How crazy is that? That's money. Uh, I wouldn't give him First of all, had I told him Ryan Finley was starting, he wouldn't have picked that win. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but as usual, our Bengals insider slash professional singer wins the bet and doesn't get to grace us with his golden pipes. Although at some point in time, in the years to come, Andre, we will have you singing on this podcast. Hey, man, you just got to beat me, man. That's all. <laughs> next year. It's always next year, right? Always next year. Always next year. So, speaking of this year, obviously, Bro goes out in week, I don't know, was it six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever week it was, after getting beat up all year long. Um, they pull a couple extra wins out somehow towards the end of the year. But let's get into the Zach Taylor talk because it's already been said that he's staying. We had this conversation earlier. I mean, he doubled his wins from last year without a real quarterback from half the year. Uh, oh, thought Thoughts on thoughts on keeping uh, on Mr. Zach Taylor around. So, first thought, six twenty-five and one. If I told you that 
your head coach was 625-1 and one, and you had the opportunity to bring him back and or let him go without knowing what the circumstances was, what would you do? See you. Right? Like, if, if Kyle Shanahan is out there winning games, you know, in San Francisco with second and third string quarterbacks, if uh, Joe Judge in New York is contending – when, when his starting quarterback is going down and beating the Bengals with Colt McCoy, if, uh, you know, the Washington football team is in the playoffs when they started with Dwayne Haskins as their quarterback, went to another guy, now they got to do with one leg and Alex Smith, who is their quarterback, and they still won seven games, playing pretty much the same schedule we did, but we can only win, you know, four games. It, I just – I just – struggle with the idea that things are going to get drastically better because you don't need in year three I don't need him to go from two wins to four wins to six wins I need him to go from two wins to four wins to nine ten eleven wins because we should be in the in the coach's third year you should be pushing for the playoffs right I, at minimum at minimum, eight and eight, nine and seven. Well, technically speaking, I think I guess we got seventeen games next year. So you know, nine, uh, nine and eight, uh, you know, ten and seven. That that type of thing. Uh, that's where you should be next year. That's that's the expectation, right? And part of the reason why you didn't get to where you wanted to be this year is because Joe Burrow got hurt. But ultimately, whose fault is that? You trusted in a dude in. Jim Turner, who stood on the table for Bobby Hart, who stood on the table for Michael Jordan and said, these are my guys, right? These are the guys that, are, that I'm going to protect the franchise with. And because of that, you ended up in the situation that you're in with, you know, uh, Brandon Allen and Brian Finley as your quarterback options. That's on you. So... So next year, sounds like you don't have much hope for next year is what it sounds like. So here's the thing. I don't have a lot of faith in him as the head coach. I have a ton of faith in Joe Burrow as the quarterback. So if they follow the same pattern that they did last year, which is spend heavily and smartly, it backfired from the standpoint of injuries, right, which you can't predict. Right. But I, I thought they brought in quality people. I was, I was happy with the offseason that they had. If you turn around and do that same and make that same effort on the offensive line. So everybody was super excited about the third pick and getting Panay Sewell and he's going to be the savior of all saviors. Well, then uh, Hopkins tore his ACL in that last game. Now you need a center. Now you need a guard. Now you need a tackle. Panay Sewell can't play all three positions at once. So you're going to have to go out and sign some veteran guys who know what they're doing, who are proven, not Xavier Suofilo level type guys. I'm talking Joe Tooney type guys. Go pay some money for some dudes who know what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. You get a couple of those dudes, now Joe Burrow is, is protected. And then in the, with that number five pick, you go and you look at a dude like uh, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or uh, Pitts out of Florida. Give, me, give him another weapon and let's go to work. I'll be all right with that. But again, it's going to be, to me, it'll be more in spite of the coach as opposed to because of. 
I, 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 I feel like I could agree with that because the team has the talent. You see it. They're in so many games when Joe Burrow was there. But it being in games, that's you can be in games with young talent. But to win those games, you need something extra. And that's not Zach Taylor. He's proven it for two years now. Right. Yeah, I can't. I can't have faith in a dude who's six twenty-five and one. I just, I can't. Like it's, it's, it's not possible. And and to watch the strategy that he put forth for those, you know, first six, seven, eight games that Joe Burrow was here was drop back and throw the ball forty-five times with a crap offensive line and a rookie quarterback. Like that just doesn't make sense. You beat the Pittsburgh Steelers with Ryan Finley completing seven passes, legit seven passes the whole game. I want to say he threw like 13, maybe. So we, you you put Ryan Finley in a, posi- in a position to protect him, yet you took the franchise and just threw him to the wolves. That doesn't make sense to me. We talked about it in the very beginning of the season. This team has a couple good running backs. One really good running back and another very good – and another good running back. Play action, feed him the ball, let Joe Mixon beat – up in offense he is going to get better as the game goes on as the defense gets tired Joe Mixon is going to get better get, feed those backs the ball run play action let Joe have some extra time because you know his line's not going to help him and what do they do they drop back and throw the ball 60 times a game ridiculous doesn't make a lick of sense to me didn't make a lick of sense when it happened and and it wasn't when it ended up in catastrophic injury. So besides the offensive line, what is, is there another position group that needs to be significantly improved for this team to, to be able to take the next step? Or if you, if you do that with the offensive line, that's where it gets you to the next level. Get you. No, I think, I think if you do that with the offensive line, that gets you competitive, right? That, that makes you entertaining. Everybody likes to watch, high scoring games and you know we lost 38 to 31 but it was super fun to watch right um but if you're if you're going to take that next next take that next step i I always say there's two things you want to do you want to protect your quarterback and pressure the other quarterback right we had zero pass rush this year If, if if it wasn't carl lawson you know getting remotely close to somebody the quarterback was standing back there reading newspapers, eating tea, tea and crumpets and throwing the ball all over the field, right? Um, there's, just, there's just no pressure there. There isn't an elite pass rusher. Even if you, even if you do re-sign Carl, who is, who is a free agent, like, even if you do re-sign him, who's on the other side? What, what's that look like? What does the interior look like? You know, I don't, I don't Personally, I don't believe Geno Atkins will be back next year. And even if he is, he's clearly a shell of himself. So um, where's that pressure coming from? So my number one priority, obviously, is protect Joe Burrow. Number two priority is get to the other team's quarterback and make them uncomfortable. And then number three, with not knowing what's up with William Jackson, you got Trey Waynes, you got um, Darius Phillips, and really nobody else because McKenzie Alexander is a free agent too. So cornerback is, is a place that I would uh, focus as well. 
We need a playmaker. I feel like there, there's no playmaker on defense, and we haven't had a playmaker since Vontez Perfect. As much as you can hate Vontez Perfect, we haven't had somebody who can blitz when we need to blitz, who can, who can drop back and make something happen and just, and just wreck an offense. We haven't had anybody like that in, in five, six years now, and it's, it shows when we, try to, when we just try to rush four all game long and because you can't bring anybody else because we don't no, our 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 backs defensive backs and linebackers especially aren't good enough in the passing game to to let somebody else blitz and cover the rest of the field they just can't do it so we have to rush four can't get anything because the four guys rushing are you know like you said it's 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 you know uh, average at best except for maybe Lawson but. I don't know that I, – I don't know that, like Adam said, I don't think it's just the offensive line. I think there's a lot of things that have to get better for this team to compete for anything. However, yes, yeah, without a doubt they can make the playoffs. They, this team is four years – three or four years away from competing for anything in my – so, so it all depends upon how you decide to rebuild the team, right? If, if the Bengals are aggressive – in what they do, which obviously they're clearly not known for. Yes. Uh, but but if let's look at look at a team like Miami. Miami traded away assets like Minka Fitzpatrick and you know did, did things that people were like, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? But they they ripped off the band-aid, they got rid of pieces that didn't fit the system that they were trying to do. They acquired a bunch of draft capital. Uh, just missed the playoffs this year, went, what, 10-6 and six and are picking number three because of the trade that they made. Like, that, that's huge. If the Bengals would do something along those lines and be that aggressive, you can turn around a really crappy football team in a year, two years. You don't need four years in this league in order for that to happen. If, you gen- if the Bengals go out this offseason, genuinely address, legitimately address the offensive line. And then you add a piece or two to the to the defensive line, and then you let the draft come to you. You get a playmaker on offense, you get a playmaker on defense, and then you fill in your depth with the rest of the draft. You can genuinely rebuild this team to a point of contention, if not 2021, 2022 for sure. Andre, you said genuinely at least 15 times. Five. The, the, the amount of times you said genuinely, genuinely makes me believe that you don't believe that the Bengals are going to do any of that anyway. So it's more so, it's more so a continuation of the philosophy of last year. Last year blew me away. Yeah. From, from an off-season perspective. It, absolute, it absolutely blew me away. I was not prepared for DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, Josh Bynes, Xavier Suofilo, um, the Safe Von Bell. There were just additions that were made, <clears throat> excuse me, that was beyond anything. A normal Bengals offseason would have been Xavier Suofilo and Josh Bynes. Right? Yeah. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a typical Bengals. You, you wait to the second wave, third wave of free agents. You don't pay a ton of money. Dude's kind of useful in the grand scheme of things, but eh, nobody's fighting over him. Right. Think about, you know, day two, day three of 
free agency in that first wave and paid big money to DJ Reader. They went out and paid big money to Trey Waynes. And then on the back end of all of that, they saw a great bargain in Von Bell and made that move too. If they follow that same philosophy of, hey, we, we've, got, we've got deficits, and we need to fill those deficits with veteran, proven veteran players that fit our system, they can make a move. It, would just, it, it just genuinely depends on, is this what they're trying to do or not? Do they continue what they did last year? Or do they go back to bargain basement deals and trying to patchwork the line together and do whatever? That, that, that's what it comes down to. And that's the unknown at this point in time because last year was such an anomaly. I guess we'll find out here in a couple months. That reminds me of uh, I worked for a company years ago that bought, you know, used like enormous equipment to do this manufacturing stuff that we were doing. And, you know, like, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for this equipment and they kept buying stuff that they found like on ebay that like throwaways from other companies that were old things that we bought and tried to refurbish just enough to get it working and we always had problems with that stuff it, yeah. it, it, it reminds me exactly of that. That, that's that's exactly what it is that that's the bengal's general philosophy or had been up until last year it was the general philosophy of a free agency it's we're not trying we're not going to get in the bidding war we're going to set our price nope he's going to be way too expensive we'll wait we'll get the second third tier guys we'll get the dude who is right on the the carlos dansby of the world who yeah great guy great locker room guy but he's a linebacker who's 34 and weighs 250 like come on man nobody that's not where the nfl is anymore what are you doing yep yep Yep. Who was the guy who ended up going on to uh, like Discovery Channel and he always wore a bow tie? Oh, Dahani Jones. Dahani Jones. There yeah. you go. I love Dahani Jones. Was yeah. he, he, was, he was actually legit for a little while here. Was right? actually, he played pretty well. But, you, you know, what, what's the, the dude who was here from uh, Green Bay? Uh, linebacker. Hawk. Who? Hawk. Yeah, right. AJ Hawk. He was. In, on his last legs, you know, eh, Carlos Dansby on his last legs, man, like, just, why, why are we bringing these dudes in here? They're not, they're, they're not the young type of dudes who are going to change the trajectory of the franchise. Yeah. When, when you perennially lose, you have to make big splashes. And you have to make, you have to do something significant. And you have to overpay. And you have to be prepared to overpay, right? Because I'm a superstar. I know my worth, right? Dallas is calling me. Baltimore is calling me. Pittsburgh's calling me. Why am I coming to Cincinnati? I'm coming to Cincinnati because you said you pay me $5 million more than what Dallas is going to pay me. Yep. Right? That, may be, that may be $7 million more than what I'm actually worth. But if you want my services, you're going to have to pay me. And that's what the Bengals have to be prepared to do. Absolutely. So speaking of that, speaking of guys who might be on their last legs and who might be looking for other places to go, we've seen A.J. Green for the last time in a Bengals uniform, right? 100%. What do you think – let me just throw all my A.J. Green questions at you at one time. 
what happens with AJ Green? What happens to his career going forward for him? Do the Bengals need to replace AJ Green, or do, does everybody just move up? Is Tyler Boyd, Boyd now the guy, and now now you know everybody just takes a step up, yeah. and you just fill in back at the back, maybe at the back end or middle rounds of the draft or something like that to add another guy. And then what? And then what is AJ Green's? I don't want to say his legacy. That's a that's kind of a, a, a an overdone question, but. Maybe where does where does he rank among all time Bengals receivers to you? So to me, if I'm if I'm AJ Green or I'm AJ Green's agent, I'm looking at all the coaches who are in place or all the offensive coordinators who are in place who had something to do with or or are related to a Marvin Lewis type of offense. Like wh- whatever those coordinators was, whether it's Hugh Jackson or you know, uh, Bill Lazor or whatever, where I was really, really good. I know the language. I know the route trees. I know all those things because one of the things that was said was that AJ struggled a little bit with learning a new system when they went away from, you know, the eight previous years of the offenses that he ran under Marvin Lewis to the two years under Zach Taylor was a little more, was a little more different for him than what he had been generally used to. So um, I would personally be trying to find a place that ran a system that was similar to and or run by one of those dudes. If not, then I'm absolutely looking at like a Green Bay, uh, a New Orleans, uh, Tampa Bay, somewhere where I can go and you know grab a ring right Mm -hmm. um so it's either one i'm here to chase a ring which i have no problem with that i've been in the league 10 years i earned my stripes let's go or you know what i'm trying to reprove that i am one of the best wide receivers in the league i want to get into a system that fits what my skill set is and it may not necessarily be with one of the elite teams but they run a system that's good for me and my and, and what I know and what I can do. Um, my personal thought on the on the Bengals wide receivers right now is I think Higgins can become a number one, right? So Boyd is my slot guy. Boyd is super smooth. Boyd is is number two without question. Can be a fringe number one if your number one is hurt type of thing, but like he's not he's not that dude. Um, Higgins is is on the cusp, but for me, if you gave me the opportunity again, now this is if we address the offensive line in free agency, you give me the opportunity to draft a Jamar Chase, and you put Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd as your three wide receiver set. Good luck, defenses. Good luck. Like I don't, I, I think people forget how good Jamar Chase was when he was with Burrow. We're talking, you know, look at Devontae Smith this year, right? So Devonta Smith just won the Heisman. First wide receiver to win the Heisman since 1991. He had like 100 and some odd catches, 1,700 yards, and 20 touchdowns. And he's 22 years old. Jamar Chase at 19 had 86 catches for 1,700 plus yards and 20 touchdowns. That's a number one wide receiver. And Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase looks like – an NFL number one wide receiver. Yes, sir. Smith looks like, 
looks like AJ Green when he came out, right? I mean, a hundred. Actually, looks more like John. He actually looks like more like John Ross from a from a from a build perspective, right? He's he's like he's like 170, 175 pounds. He's a little dude. He's he's more durable than what Ross was, but he's still a, a slight dude. Whereas yeah, Jamar Chase, five pounds with his equipment, like two or five. Right. Yeah. So, if I'm looking pure, pure number one and what I want to do, and Jamar Chase is sitting there at five, and I've addressed my issues on the offensive line and free agency, I would 100% take Jamar Chase at at number five. Um, as far as AJ Green's, you know, ranking, um, as far as wide receivers within the pantheon of Bengals wide receivers, um, I wasn't a Bengals fan, or I was around, I guess, but not really a an avid Bengals fan. But um, things that I've watched and, and researched and listened to, cats a bit older than me. Uh, Isaac Curtis apparently was like the man when it comes to wide receivers, especially in the era in which he played, right? Where you can manhandle a wide receiver back in his day and he was still lighting cats on fire. So um, I I will defer uh, from that perspective to to those cats who tell me Isaac Curtis was the truth. Uh, Even Dave Lapham's like, yo, Isaac Curtis was the truth. Uh, But I think the, the, the next debate then comes down to, are we talking AJ or are we talking Chad, right? Um, Chad, Chad brought a swagger and and an appeal to being a Cincinnati Bengals fan that I don't know that I've experienced before and or since. Right? Um, it was, he he made it fun, and now not only did he make it fun, but he was amazing. Like body control, he made he made easy catches look hard. Right? Like you didn't have to dive for that ball and. Full on extent, like you could have just grabbed it and kept running, but man, the ball, the ball on the sideline where he'd be three feet away from the sideline and yes. then he'd get to the sideline yes. and just hold it, yes. and hold it and hold it and fall. That and then fun. fall over, Look, right? I'm like, why are you Chad. doing that? I mean, it looks super cool. Why are you doing that? <laughs> could have easily done TJ Hushmanzada's move, which was catch it and spin back the opposite way. Yes. You got an extra 10 yards, but no, right. he looked good when he hold that thing like that. So, I think from from if you were looking at talent of wide receiver, just just who do I want as my wide receiver? Give me AJ because I don't have to deal with the headaches, I don't have to deal with the antics. As fun as they were when it was right, when it's not going right, it's just a giant pain in the butt, right? Uh, it's probably one of the biggest things that wore on Carson Palmer was my number one wide receiver is kind of a clown. Yeah. Yep. And, I, and I think that if if Carson had stayed that extra year and they drafted AJ at four, AJ fits Carson's personality, right? And, that, and I genuinely believe that would have encouraged him to stay longer had he had that dynamic instead of having to deal with the, for his purposes, the headache that was Chad Johnson. As far as entertainment value, Oh. We lost. We lost Andre again. Somebody's wired, not me. He's on there slightly. He's mumbled. I don't know what happened. We this happened in the pre-show. We were talking. We were talking to Andre, and uh, just out of the blue, all of a sudden, mid-sentence, boom, lost him. 
Lost the. Uh, Sounds like Chris is gonna have to sing. Oh, I thought it was coming in. Maybe it was just you talking, Adam. Oh. Say that one more time, Andre. I'll get close so I can hear you. Sounds like you're just gonna have to sing. All right, I guess you're right. Sounds like I'm just gonna have to sing. All right. Perfect. All right. So we'll go to the singing because because I feel like Andre needs to be here while I'm singing. I'm not letting him go, even if we can't hear him. He's he's still gonna be here. So all right. So the deal is I told Andre I would allow him to choose the song. I'm going to give him a list of songs, and I'll let him choose. Now, as most of you know, if you've listened to us with Andre before, we talk about Debonair. We talk about uh, the vocal excellence of Andre Edwards in his, in his, in his group. Uh, so I feel like I want to keep it pretty uh, – I, I want to keep it in that R&B kind of level, right, because I, I want to I play to the audience. Um, so here you go. So I'm going to throw seven songs at you. All right, real quick, before you do this, I have to run and take care of something really quick. So uh, you're probably going to have to do this without me, but I'm going to be able to go back and listen to it. I know that sounds crazy that I'm not going to listen to it live right now. My girl had surgery today. She needs me to, to get her something real quick. <laughs> But while that's happening, I know that's too much information for this podcast, but while this totally is happening, while I'm doing that, you guys go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I'll be right back. He doesn't want to hear it. That's right. All right. So uh, he just doesn't want to hear it is exactly right. Uh, so here we go. So we'll start off. Here's, here's what you got to choose from. So there's, there's uh, three boys, the men songs off the bat, all off two, because in 94, I was 11 years old and it was also their greatest album. So. Um, I'll make love to you. On bended knee, water runs dry. Now, one of my all-time favorites, uh, I swear, all for one's version. Um, I've also got Hero, Enrique Iglesias. I uh, I tend to be tend to be pretty good at that one. Uh, back at one, <laughs> we laughing at, we laughing at. I wish people could hear could hear the volume right now. Let me tell you. Hey, I pull out some hero now. I pull, hey, I, you, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. Listen, I know you're the professional. You went to college uh, to learn how to sing, not learn how to sing, but to, to hone your vocal talents. I feel like I'm just one of those raw talents, you know what I mean? You know, sing from the gut, not from the nose or something. I know how that works. Okay, 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 hero. Uh, back at one, Brian McKnight. And uh, my everything by 98 degrees. Now, that being said, if you want to go a little off script, I can do Jump by Criss Cross. I can do You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. I got Motown Philly from Boys to Men. I got Baby Got Baxter Mix a lot. Any Britney Spears, any Christina Aguilera. If you want to do some Spice Girls, I can hit some Spice Girls in there. Anything but Vanilla Ice. Anything but Ice Ice Baby. I am forced to do ice ice baby so much there's no way i'm doing that so there you go there's your there's your uh i'm an open book that's my carry those are all my karaoke go-tos when i go to the karaoke bar i'm there all night bending knee all right i'm bending knee <clears throat> i'm gonna have to get the words just to make sure i sing them in the right in the right places because i usually mix my uh i usually mix the the uh the what do you call them uh verses up like, I'll do the second verse first and the first verse second. All right, let me pull this bad boy. I got it. I got it right here. There you go. No, sorry. That's I'll make love to you. Never mind. I had a What's joke that? there, but 
didn't work. Oh, okay. <sighs> All right, so I'm not doing the part in the beginning where the guy talks real deep. I can do that. I can do that. I'll do the deep part. I'll do that in the beginning. <clears throat> I don't feel like it's singing, but that's all right. <clears throat> so you guys just tell me when you're ready, because I'm going to tell you, when I start, I'm not looking up at all, because I will start cracking up laughing. We're ready. Three, two, one. Darling, I, I can't explain. Where did we lose our way? Girl, it's driving me insane. And I know I just need one more chance to prove my love to you. If you come back to me, I guarantee I'll never let you go. Can we go back to the days our love was strong? Can you tell me? I can't do it without laughing. Can you tell me how the perfect love goes wrong? Can somebody tell me how to get things back the way they used to be? Oh, God, give me the reason I'm down on bending knee. I ain't done. I never walk again until you come back to me. I'm down on bending knee. Uh, let's see. Uh, where am I? <clears throat> I feel like that's good. I feel like I win. I feel like I paid my bet. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice. I would have. Yeah, I would have gone farther, but I keep looking up, and Andre had his head in his sweatshirt, and I couldn't stop laughing. I had to mute myself because I didn't want to distract you with my with my laughing. I feel I feel like I feel like if Debonair needs, uh, you know, somebody with my vocal range, I don't know, you know, like I said, I'm a raw talent. I don't know all the words, soprano, alto, bass, whatever it is. I feel like if you're missing this, I'd be happy to come do a little something, something for you. You know, get the guys together. You know, just a, a mic and a, and a, and a speaker is all I need, man. I, I, I knock it out. Oh, we got, we got, hold on. He's, he's writing down, writing down what he thinks. This is a good idea. We should do a podcast like this. Just be silent the entire podcast, you and me, and write down everything we need to say. <laughs> good idea. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait by the phone, Chris. Wait by the phone. Uh, wait by the phone, yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Very good. <laughs> All right, Andre, since we lost your we lost your your uh, your speaker. Audio, yeah. Oh, you know, there you go. Uh, we were going to ask you one more question about what your favorite breakfast cereals were, but uh, didn't get to. If you want to write down your Mount Rushmore, your four. Mount Rushmore breakfast cereals. If you want to write it down real quick. Four. four. Yep. See if you can make it happen real quick. This is off the top of the head. This is off the top of the head. So if you're listening to this on whatever platform, on whatever podcast thing you use to listen to podcasts, you got to go to the YouTube version of this. This will be up on YouTube. 
you'll be able to see the video and, and Andre is writing down his answers the same way that he wrote down his request to Chris uh, for, for what he's saying. Chris just uh, probably this yeah, is I, I also want to come out and say that I feel like I'm bending knee of the seven songs I gave him. I feel like that's the song that I know the least. I feel like I could have did better with every other one of those songs. I just want everybody to know. Okay, you sound like every American Idol person that gets sent home. <laughs> you sound like... Everybody I know tells me I'm so great. Here we go. You got go ahead, Crunch. With Crunch Berries, Apple Jacks, Frosted Flakes, Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios, going old school. Now, is that a favorite... Or is that just like you feel like it belongs on the Mount Rushmore? Favorite? It's a favorite. All right. All right. Excellent. All right. Audio. Get out of here. Mr. Andre Edwards, Debonair, uh, a Bengals insider for the Nosebleed Sports Podcast and all-time great-looking man. <laughs> Appreciate it as always, brother. I'm going to get you singing on this one day. One day. Thank See you, brother. All right. Oh. Man, such a bummer we lost his audio. The man, the man with the with with the the best voice of anyone I know, and we lose the audio to his to his video Zoom thing. I, we record on Zoom, and so whatever happens on there happens. I don't know how to make adjustments on Zoom if anything goes out. So we're just kind of at the at the mercy of whatever happens here. Um, I just want to say that. Uh... I feel like all of the people listening and anybody uh, who's listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, probably was hoping that my audio went out. <laughs> I was glad I got back to hear that. Uh, I, was, I was happy with that. I think you did a great job. I would not have done. I would not have done any better than that. I guarantee. So good. I just. I, this is so next week. Adam has to pay up a bet on two minutes of stand-up comedy. That's I good. feel like these are really good. Like these are tough things to do, and they're not fun. So I would love. I want you at one point in time. I need you to be singing. So this will come up as a bet, as a bet again. Okay. All right. I mean, we've got we bet on pretty much every season of sports, right? At uh, yeah. about something. So. All right, that'll. I'm sure it'll come up at some point. I've already eaten stupid hot wings, and you've already worn speedos, and we've done just about everything. We can we can sing and do all kinds of stuff. This might go viral, to be honest with you. This might really, our lives might change after this when people hear your voice on this podcast. We may it may this may become a variety show instead of a podcast. We might just you know I might just be you know come out sing a song, have a little something happen, and just call me Betty White, man. I'm I'm ready to go. You are the you are the modern day Betty White, even though Betty White still lives in modern day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when she had her own show, which was like 1930 something. Gotcha. I I I still I feel like I swear it might be or Hero by Enrique Iglesias might be my two favorites to uh, to belt out. Yeah. And if have a few cocktails if it wasn't sober january i had a few cocktails and oh boy i would have picked my own man people would have been having to get new we would have got sued for all the speakers we would have had to replace <laughs> you'd have let loose huh oh yeah Fair anyway enough. all right so do you want to because because i did not listen to the podcast because uh our country went into a crazy disarray today 
uh, as people uh, invaded the Capitol building. So without getting into all that, I did not watch it because uh, during that time I was planning on watching this and instead I watched all that craziness go down. So I did not watch Jacob, what was his name? Jacob, uh, yeah, I did not watch him. So we'll do that for next week. But we will get into my Mount Rushmore of breakfast cereal. Let's, let's do that. But first we are going to take a very quick break. If you're okay with that. Yeah. Very quick break. All right, we're back. We, we rarely take breaks here, uh, but we did this time. We thank Andre Edwards again for joining us in the first part of this episode. We are now going to move into what we ended Andre with. He gave us – he gave us his – sorry about that. He gave us his uh, Mount Rushmore of cereal, which was your choice last week to do this week. Breakfast cereal, uh, like you said, we're going to save lunch cereal and dinner cereal for another time. Uh, but we're going to do breakfast cereal this time. Chris, tell me, what is on your Mount Rushmore or top four all-time cereal? Okay, so – these are, these are the greatest uh, cereals ever made, because mostly because they're my Mount Rushmore because they're the four cereals that we always had at my house growing up. It was one of these four cereals. Um, number one is still the staple in my house the, to this day, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. All-time favorite. They used to be like four bakers on the box. Now there's only Wendell, the one baker's on the box. Feel bad for the other guys, but, you know, is what it is. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, and then guy now, huh? Only one guy. Yeah. There's only been one guy for a while, man. Since we were, since we were teenagers. Yeah. It's been a long time, long time. I guess I didn't realize that. Yep. And then, uh, frosted flakes, Tony tiger. Always. That was a staple at the house. Uh, I had frosted flakes forever. Captain crunch with crunch berries, which was one of, um, one of Andre Edwards. I was going back and forth with mine if I would just do the just crunch berries because they have now just crunch berries. Mm. But I, I feel like you got to have the captain with them. I feel like the captain's got to be with the crunch berries. Yeah. And last but not least, I am cocoa for cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Wow. Now, it's close, close, close for me. Uh, we were, we, I, I've always been a big Lucky Charms guy. Mm-hmm. I eat. Every single uh, regular piece and then leave all the marshmallows for last. Okay. It's like a contest for me to see if I can possibly not eat a single marshmallow until the end. Uh, and they make just marshmallows now, but that's no fun. That takes the fun out of eating cereal. So um, that's, that's a close call for me. Apple Jacks was always big, and I love the, the, the fake Apple Jacks. You got to get the Kroger brand or whatever great value brand that came in a bag. That's how we got our Apple Jacks. They were called like Apple Circles or something like that. That's how we did our Apple Jacks. What was that? Apple Dapples. That's some, some generic brand of Apple Jacks. Apple Dapples. My dad and I peed our pants in the middle of the store laughing so hard the first time we ever saw that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, clean up in aisle six. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, you got your Count Choculas and all those guys too, but that, those are mine. What do you got? 
Really good. Really good choices. You, I think you had two similar ones to Andre because I think he had Apple Jacks and Captain Crunch, right? No. I didn't do it. Oh, you didn't do Apple Jacks, right? You just Apple mentioned Jacks was an honorable mention. But you I had Frosted Flakes. You know what? He might have had Frosted Flakes on there. You so said you had Captain Crunch and Frosted Flakes. Okay. Good for you. All right. So you guys have some, some, uh, quite a few in common. Kind of similar to, I think you guys had a couple in common in the, in the sodas as well. Um, if I, if I remember right. So, okay. Yeah. So mine, I got to go Cinnamon Life. Cinnamon Life cereal. You're so old. I have a, <laughs> have a box on the top of my refrigerator right this very second. And that's when I, I don't buy cereal that often anymore. But when I do, it's Cinnamon Life. Okay. Number two, <laughs> Golden Grams. Oh, Golden Grams. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about Golden Grams. Golden Grams were huge in my house back in the day. Love Golden Grams. Uh, I'm going Lucky Charms for sure. Go Lucky Charms. And I got to tell you, I eat, them, I eat them the exact same way that you do. Yes. The, the, the grain part first, leave all the marshmallows. Oh, my gosh. That scoop of marshmallows at the end or several yeah. scoops of marshmallows. So good. Oh. Gosh, it's making my teeth and my belly and my taste buds all dance. Uh, number four for me is another one you might think I'm an old guy with, but it's Wheaties. Wheaties my, was a staple. You, Wheaties was a staple at the at the Schmidt house. They always had a box of Wheaties. I, I totally was was it was expecting the Wheaties to come out. Yeah. I would only eat Wheaties with like five tables, five spoonfuls of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would always. I used to always put sugar on mine. If I get a box today, I probably don't put sugar on them because I don't have sugar at my house. I have yeah. a lot, a lot of food with a lot of sugar in it, but I don't buy just regular granulated sugar. I don't know why. There are certain things that most people have in their house that I just don't have in mine. I feel like there's a lot of things that most people have in their house that you just don't have in yours. Yes, but, Fruit, you know. vegetables. Sugar, flour, baking soda, baking soda, all the good stuff. So obviously Adam doesn't bake uh, is where we're getting out this. So real quick, can we talk about uh, one thing when it comes to cereal. The older I've gotten, the less cereal I eat. I, I bet I've had three bowls of cereal in the past 10 years. Wow. Not because, not because I don't like cereal. I love cereal. When my kids have cereal every morning, my mouth waters. But if I eat cereal, the roof of my mouth gets tore up so bad that I can hardly drink, talk, eat anything for like three days afterwards. Yeah. I was going to say, you have some real roof rippers in your, uh, in your Mount Rushmore there. I got to tell you, Captain Crunch is about as bad as it gets with that stuff. No, man. no it, doubt. Even cocoa puffs, even though they're like, even though they're like perfect balls, perfect circles, they will tear. They'll tear you up if you don't. If you don't let them get soggy, and most people don't like to eat soggy cereal. I'll eat some soggy cereal, but you gotta let you gotta let cocoa puffs sog out a little bit. Let me tell you something. So I am not a soggy cereal person at all. Hate it. I think it's disgusting. It's weird textured. I eat cereal. I want my cereal with the milk, but I do. I think the reason that happens is because you get that 
milk in there and you like suck on the spoon, right? So you're like sucking that sugary hardness up against the top of your roof of your mouth. I think that's where that comes from. But when it comes to the sogginess, my son, when he gets his cereal, asks me to come over because I fill a big bowl of cereal, right? Because he eats a lot of cereal. He doesn't get the same bowl the little girls get. He gets a, a man's bowl, a real bowl, filled to the top. Well, he can't. He likes to make sure that it's that everything gets a bunch of milk on it. So he has me come back and like twirl the cereal to make sure everything's plenty milky and push down the milk. And then he'll sit there for five minutes and wait for it to get soggy. <laughs> so gross. I did not raise my son that way. Hey, is the roof of his mouth in good shape? No, but when you're a kid, the roof of your mouth doesn't get you got like you got like special roof mouth, man. You don't get roof raider or whatever you call it. Roof rip, roof ripper. So it's like COVID. It's harder for kids to get it. Exactly right. Oh my God. I think we might've just found the cure. <laughs> you got to make everything salt. I don't know. What is the cure? Uh, cereal. Oh, Grown just need to start eating cereal. So that the vac they just need to put soggy cereal in a vial in a, in a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, yeah. syringe and a syringe and, and, and shoot no. into us. No, no, you just give people a bowl of cereal to eat. Oh. Syringe, man, I don't get to taste it. If I'm going to get sugary cereal and roof ripper mouth, I like that roof ripper. That's good. And get that <laughs> mouth, I'm eating that thing. I'm not shooting it in my arm where I can't even taste it. Yeah, that's true. Man, if that was the if, – if sugary cereal – was the cure for anything? Oh my God, I'd be I'd be disease free for the rest of my life. One hundred percent, I guarantee it. I would be I, the luckiest I man on earth because I'd eat Lucky Charms for every night. <laughs> Someday I'll find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> hey man, that might I might have just found a joke for next week. Oh yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for it. so. So do we get a little preview of the comedy? Are you keeping it clean? You going a little PG-13, getting a little X-rated on the comedy next week? What do you got? It's going to be, uh, let me just warn everybody, this is going to be the dirtiest comedy you've ever heard in your life. So don't let your kids listen to next week's podcast. All right? Do not let your grandma listen to it. Put your grandma, your wives, your kids to bed and uh, before you turn this thing on because uh, we're, talking, we're talking dirty. It's going to be bad. I would love to see. I feel like watching you do something like that would be funny because everybody knows it would never happen. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this two minutes of, of uh, are you going to do a stopwatch so you can just stop whenever you feel like it's time that, for you to stop so you don't have to keep going? Well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I, if I go two minutes, if, even if I have a stopwatch and I go two minutes, if I'm in the middle of a joke, it's not like I'm going to stop that joke. I'm going to finish. Okay, the good. Game. Finish the joke. Good, good. For sure. I'm excited about I'm excited about Adam Schmidt comedy. Already, I already have even more respect for when you did yours, because, boy, is it even harder when you actually have to sit down and figure out how to write a joke and make it try to make it good in a week or two. Yeah. Nearly impossible. I don't even remember what my joke was now. I don't even remember what joke we I, I told. It was the it was the kid going to Hooters. It was like the the kid that was uh, like a teenager. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dancing around, too, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So I, good. So it was. That's why it made me appreciate that joke even more, because I'm like, I just start just trying to think of premises or, or, or trying to trying to think of ideas to start a joke to start writing a joke, is like, I mean, you can. It seems like there are an endless amount of topics out there that you could figure something out for, but to actually, when you when you're like, I mean, I could say, okay, uh, table. I got to think of, uh, you know, some material on tables. Let's see what's funny about a table. And then you start thinking about how can I, and then even if you kind of get an idea for a joke, you're like, yeah, but those words, I got to figure out how to change the words around. Cause that's not funny enough. I got to fit. And then you start and then, you know, and then me, I overthink everything. So I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be satisfied with it no matter what, but, uh, I, that's where I'm at, man. I'm I'm starting to try to think of some stuff, and I had I had a couple things written down from like the last five to ten years. A few times I had thoughts about something that I thought could be possibly a joke, and I wrote them down. Yeah, and uh, I I still have those, and I don't know why I kept those because I'm not writing jokes. I'm not a comedian, but I just I, never know. That I, I guess this was it. This was why I kept it. I had no idea, but this is why I kept it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for really. next week. I'm excited. I am excited for next week. I'm excited for next week. I keep looking up. So I'm sitting at this table, right? I'm in my basement where we just made it for the kids. And I'm sitting in this little tiny chair <laughs> at this little tiny table. And I had to put a little box up to sit my, my uh, iPad on. And I keep leaning forward because my butt hurts because this table's like a wooden table and a chair and it hurts. And then I look at the screen and I see how close my face is. And I'm like, oh my God, that is super scary. It's, it's, but your lighting is still so much better than mine. I'm obviously, if you watch this, you know, a couple of times or more, I'm coming from a remote location here. So, uh, you are not at your house. I didn't even think about the lighting until I actually turned it on and we were about to start. I'm like, Oh my God. So is what it is. Sorry. You never look better. Never look better. Boy. Appreciate that. I thought you were, but obviously you're lying to me. So that's not absolutely not. I totally no way. Not even a little bit. I'm kidding. On that note, though, I think we uh, I think we we let you get to uh, to your ailing your ailing lady and uh, get to your get to your joke writing. And uh, next week we'll we'll do Jake. What was his name? Jacob. Jake Williams. Jacob Williams. Jacob Williams will uh, also rate Adam Schmidt's two minutes of comedy. <laughs> and oh, you got to come up with a Mount Rushmore. A Mount Rushmore. Um, okay, so that's something that I uh, totally lost track of. So. Off the top of my head, Mount Rushmore of – we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of – see, I don't want to do food again because we just did – we did candy, we did soda, we did cereal. I've, I've got one if you want to go two in a row after this. Okay, what do you have? 90s sitcoms. Oh, great idea. Excellent. Let's do 90 sitcoms next week. I will do the following two weeks after that. Promise I'll be prepared. Uh, and then we'll do Jacob Williams next week. And then next week, I'll, and then we'll start switching off after that. Like I'll have the following week's comedy and then 
the next two weeks. Okay. We, we'll figure it out. It's it. all good. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But from here, I cannot wait for next week. I got to sing today slightly, slightly. Uh, you know what, though? The difference between you doing comedy next week and me singing was I had to sing in front of a singer. You don't have – you're not, like, doing stand-up comedy in front of Adam Sandler or something. <laughs> uh, well, he by next week, he's probably going to end up seeing it because it's our podcast is going to be viral from your <laughs> this week. So there's a good chance that Adam Sandler and most comedians, most professional comedians, end up seeing my stand-up next week because of your singing today. Because after that singing, that was definitely a comic. There was definitely a lot of comedy, comedy in that. So – all right, so uh, till then, I thought you were great. As a matter of fact, yeah, <clears throat> I didn't really get to get into my vocal, my my highs and lows and stuff. I didn't, I didn't get to get too uh, too deep into that, but that's okay. It'll be all right. People, you got people sleeping upstairs, man. You can't you can't really let it all go. One day, your kids are all going to be old enough. We're going to be doing this like at six o'clock in the evening, and and you're just going to belt it out. I might just do yeah, just one day right in the middle of a podcast, just start singing. Maybe we'll do a duet. Let's plan a duet sometime. Well, you make promises you can't keep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that, that's probably going to end up being some sort of a bet at some point again, like you said earlier. So I feel like the only way we're getting, we're getting Andre to sing is to make the bet the loser of the season, the two losers of the season have to sing a duet. Maybe. Although, if he ends up being one of the losers, how bad is that going to be that either one of us brings him that far down? <laughs> I mean, it would be so awesome. How great would it be to have, like, to hear, like, Chris Farley singing next to <laughs> Enrique Iglesias or something like that, and them going back and forth. That would be the greatest thing <laughs> in the world. You get a good little bit of comedy. And you get some really good singing. That's true. That reminds me of one of my favorite duets of all time is a comedy duet that Will Ferrell and Dave Grohl did together. I don't know if you What? They sang, um, uh, I think it's called Leather and Lace by uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, my God. Um, or maybe it's just a Stevie Nicks. No, I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a duet. So, it's, yeah, it had to be Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, uh, they did. I've got to send you that on YouTube. It's it was years ago. Super, super funny. So funny because Dave Grohl is like Siri. He's playing the guitar. They're sitting yep. there on stage. He's playing the guitar and he knows the song. He's doing it serious. And then Will Ferrell like <laughs> sings his part seriously, but he's not good. So it's funny. And then he does little things. You got to see it. If you haven't seen that and you're listening to this, Go to YouTube and check out, I think it's called Leather and Lace, uh, Dave Grohl and Will Ferrell, and then I'm going to send you that to your cellular telephone. I need that because that's going to be great. I definitely want that. All right. All right. So until next week, then, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>